want to welcome all y'all to Fan of a Fan, and this is strictly only for the fans. Welcome to Break Time on Westside, your number one break time podcast, coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. Now, much as I would like to get on the whole, oh, so the man on the mic, blah, 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 we had started a discussion in the previous episode, and it was really, really good. Like, it was actually interesting. And much as I would like to continue talking about other things, I should definitely let it continue all the way to the end, because some of y'all are actually listening in simply because this guy continued the discussion. So, without further ado, let's let this very interesting discussion continue. Uh, well, I've seen myself in the mirror. I can't call that twerking. If it is, it must be really bad. It's just... No, I, no, we're not twerking. Maybe there are men who do, but I'm, I'm not a twerker. I'm more of a worker. <laughs> kind of rhymes, but no, yeah. no. The whole twerking thing, no. It's never worked for me. All right, great, great. I just wanted to kind of just ease things up a little bit for people. I would like to ask you a question. Yes, please. Because of your audience, they're pretty youthful. Um, I get a lot of girls uh, between the age of, let's say, 20 and 23 Uh who want to know whether they should break their hymen with their boyfriend who happens to be in their age group. Uh But they've heard horror stories from girls in regards to that boy at that age didn't know what he was doing. And there's a fear that he's going to give me an experience that makes me hate sex Uh from the onset. So later on in life, I hate sex because of an experience I had later on. I mean, earlier on. Yeah. Versus her breaking a hymen with an older guy who knows what he's doing. What's your opinion on that? Honestly? Yes. Whenever I hear something similar to that. Right. I usually do kind of agree on one thing. Right. A lot of our youth like to think they're good at sex. They believe they're good at sex. But it's only because they've been told that they're good at sex. It's not like they've researched. It's not like they've tried to know how to be better at it. Who told them they're good at sex? Yes, probably one of those first time experiences where they're told, oh my goodness, you are good. Yet probably they didn't get the girl there. You know, it. It, it could just be one of those things where you're relying on... And, and, and the thing is, the girl who's saying you're good... Yeah. Uh, or vice versa, their experience is limited. So anything, any stimulus is good for them. Yeah, true. So it's more of you're waiting for your quote-unquote customer review and you're told you're right. good. The reason why I ask that question is because, yes, I do get young women as my clients, but majority of my clients are women mm-hmm. who are in their 30s and 40s. Okay. Based on one thing they've told me, when they met their guy, some of them were married by the time they were 19 and they were in a love bubble and they thought because I'm in love and I've met my prince, my king, I've been told that this is the guy I'm in love with and he's in love with me and he's going to give me the best sex. She then waits for the best sex to happen. They have their kids Uh and at some point when she's now mature, she's a fully grown woman, she realizes, oh my God, I've been having really pathetic sex. I'm still waiting for great sex to happen. Uh, So by the time she meets somebody like me, she's never in enjoyed sex or if she has it's limited she's never had an orgasm she's not too sure why that is squirting for her is like out of space thing and at that point i usually feel sorry because i'm thinking she's had 10 12 15 years of her sexual life that she can't get back based on a fallacy of romance especially sexual romance that never happened the only the only romance that happened is she got a guy who can pay for bills That's not a bad thing, but her vagina is left out in the rain. You get my point? Yeah. 
So she starts to explore and enjoy her sexuality in her 30s and in her 40s. Uh, whereas my, my opinion on that is I think young women need to have their first sexual initiation with somebody who can give them a sexual experience that's worthy. So that guy, in a sense, is doing other men a favor because she'll never hate sex because she understands the positive sides of sex. Uh-huh. And that's why I agree with places like uh, parts of Uganda and Rwanda where they teach women at an early age how to understand and own their orgasm. True. Whereas here, we're separated during our educational system and then we end up meeting later on when we're a bit older and, you know, we're just thrown in the deep end and hope for the best. And sometimes the best is you prove a man can ejaculate, but the woman never has an orgasm. And I think that's just uh, very sad. So young women should definitely look at those options. They should they should endeavor to have great sex with at least older guys who can give them a better experience, hopefully. Uh-huh. So we can limit them thinking that sex is bad or sex is always painful or sex is always hurried. Uh, yep, yeah, I've seen that. I've done this for a very long time and it's a pattern I've seen. Uh-huh. Um, and I guess, like you said, young women or young people think they're really good at sex. So you find if she's never had an orgasm, she'll realize I've never really enjoyed sex when she's 28, 20, 29. And then by the time she's mustering courage to call somebody like me, a few other years have gone. So that's just, uh, I think it's, it's a pattern we should stop. That's my opinion anyway. Well, now to complete my opinion, do I think that women should go for older guys for the first time? I would say not exactly because you can't exactly gauge it. True, you can't gauge who's going to give you. Yeah, which is why word of mouth usually tends to do quite a bit of a good job. It's kind of like the beginning of like the whole marketing pitch of it. Um, if True, somebody but, says that he's good, if a couple of your friends say that he's good, then, well, maybe that could work. But ideally, I have also spoken to one or two babes who have actually mentioned that they've had an experience with an older guy and it wasn't good true no that happens yes yes that happens so yes i do think that uh women should in their first time be with someone who's a little bit more experienced but with that being said i don't think age should be a factor should be a matter of probably go for the one fuck boy that everyone is praising at least he might probably know how to do something good here and there as opposed to saying, you know what, let me go for someone who's like 20, 30, 40, probably they know it. Actually, now that you even mentioned that, because there was something that you mentioned about faking it. When somebody fakes an orgasm, who do you think they're doing it for? Themselves or the other person? Well, if a woman fakes her orgasm, it means she's trying to diverge a deceptive message that she's enjoying herself because she's afraid uh-huh. to bruise the man's ego. So she's clearly not doing it for herself. She's doing it for the man. So in a sense, you could say that her wanting to make the man happy does kind of benefit her in a sense, or it's entirely just for the guy. Okay, let's just put it this way. Um, I've spoken to a lot of women, obviously, in uh, my line of work, and the ones who are who, who are you know free enough to tell you why they do it, they'll tell you things like, "Well, if he wasn't paying for my bills, I would not have faked it, but because he's paying for my rent, I'll fake it." All right. You see, if she's got nothing to gain out of the faking, why is she making some guy feel like King Kong when he adds no value? That's a very good question. I don't agree with the whole faking thing. 
I don't agree with all faking thing because it it, it has other uh, ramifications in regards to when you fake, you're teaching your brain not to relate to the stimulus coming from your vagina glands. Okay. So it becomes something conscious. It's it's like you're training your mind not to separate itself from any spasm that are happening from the physical element. Uh, I know this because I've met women who are faked for a very long time. So part of the session is to rewire the brain to be able to recognize that she's having an orgasm. Mm. Yes. So there are other elements to just you know, you, you think faking doesn't have its uh, repercussion. It does. It does. It has some crazy consequences later on in life, especially when now she meets the guy who they're compatible sexually. But then now the guy can tell she's having spasms, but he can also tell that her body is not relating with her mind. Mm, okay. Yeah, because the mind is an archive. So that's actually a thing. Yes, yes. The mind only archives what it feels. The mind does not translate into an orgasm. It has to be fed in, in, in information to know, wow, this kind of stimulus creates this kind of sensation. Then it's fed, not the other way around. All right, all right. Ladies, I hope you're listening. Uh, stop faking it. Just figured I should state that. Yeah, but you, you'll you hear the excuses. Oh, but you know, you know, other than sex, he's such a sweet guy. He's such a nice guy. Yes, but the problem with this sweet, nice guy, he's going to sit around men and tell us some useless stories. And we all know he's pathetic in bed. Hmm. You're lying to him. And that makes him worse. Because if he didn't know that he was bad, then he wouldn't at least be in a position to actually try and learn to be better. Right? Yes. Yes. Perfect. There. You go. there. Mad repercussions. He doesn't get to learn. All of this just works against you, ladies. Um, next question. As a qualified professional, yes. does size matter? Um, okay, there 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 is some minute size that's just not manageable. Okay. But it doesn't mean that a guy who's well well you know, well hung is going to give pleasure to a woman because I've met plenty of women who, you know, have met guys who've got their six, nine inches and good girth and all they've ever known from that penis is pain. So it's also based on application because if size matters, then you need to explain why so many men are losing their females to other females. Females don't have a penis. They don't have size. True. But they have sensuality. They have understanding of that arousal point. They will stimulate your woman's vagina in a way you've not done. I mean, uh, not that long ago, I met a chick who told me that what a chick did to her in a month is something her dude has not done in nine years. Wow. And he has a penis. Well. And it's not small. So when you hear a woman comparing a month to nine years, she's telling you something. That That's something I think also men need to look at. Yeah. Especially considering that I've always looked at the whole thing of a woman will do more for another woman more than a guy will. Sort of like as a thing of they know where the pleasure points are. Like, you know, it's pretty much you just playing against the home team. So you know all the weak points. But I never actually thought of it that way. Yeah, but don't confuse the fact that most women don't know their bodies. So I'm talking about women uniquely meeting women who know that the female anatomy, then they're going to have their pleasure centers stimulated so well that you'll find uh, quite a number of men can't match up. And that's just fact. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Very interesting. Next question. Okay. If a guy nuts quickly, would you advise pre-masturbation before sex with their partner? No. It's not going to help. 
What, like, his ejaculation yeah. comes from two things. He's either think, he's either thought him, he's taught himself how to think of his pleasure, mm-hmm. or he suffers from a sexual anxiety in regards to performance. Considering that sexual anxiety will come from either coming too quickly or not nutting at all, you would say that there is something else that should be done. Yeah, the problem with him masturbating, then trying to have sex is the minute he masturbates, mm-hmm. there is a certain energy level that he will have lost. Okay. There's a tiredness you have when you masturbate that's not there when you have sex. Well, considering that right after you're done having sex, there's that whole knockout that comes in after like the sleep hormone kicks in. I would beg to differ. But there are men who there are men who don't feel that sleep hormone. That's what I'm saying. We're not all the same. There are, me, there are men who don't sleep. They continue. Oh. And continue. There are men who can ejaculate two, three, four times in a night, and it's like he's not he's not done anything. So we can't grade all men based on the guy who falls asleep. Okay. That guy just needs to retrain his mind on not thinking about nothing and thinking more about the stimulus he's giving the woman. It's good that men get to a point where you start enjoying what you're doing to the woman more than what you think the vagina is doing to your penis. Then you won't nut so fast. Okay. The truth is, I've had plenty of sessions with men who want to up their game in regards to how they think these men just want to go from you know a minute to two minutes to at least even five they're not looking at half an hour but the one thing i can tell you is those sessions are the hardest for me Uh because one of the things i've noticed is there is a guy who is so procreational in thought that it's very hard for him to think beyond his own enjoyment Mm. you call him a selfish man in bed but if you look at the science behind it that's just his wiring okay you know like the guy like for example uh maybe you've had this debate with guy if you tell a guy that foreplay is uniquely important and you can take your time to lick and suck on a woman's vulva and her clitoris and labia and in a room of men there's a man who will be like hey guy i understand what you're saying and others will be like why would i even be down there and secondly for those another guy will say okay Sometimes I do go down there, but I've never been there for more than like a minute or two. I just browse in it and move along. And then now there are those guys who understand what you're saying. Like he knows how to stay there for a while. Yeah. And give that woman at least one or two orgasms by the time he penetrates. So in my book, in that room, there's already three categories of men. One will never do it. One does it, but mm-hmm. he's more of a browser. And then you've got the third guy who uniquely wants to give this woman stimulus enough to get out of spasm. She has an orgasm because he knows the minute she has an orgasm, okay. even if he was to penetrate and come within five minutes, she wouldn't complain because she had an orgasm before him. So that's already three categories of men. But out there, there's so many other categories that I've met. Okay. But all I can say is the, the nothing quick can be changed. Mm-hmm. But I tend to find my biggest hurdle when it comes to men is they don't want to strive to do better. They still the the mentality of Uh, I pay the bills, I pay for her drinks, I pay for her food. The least she can do is make me come. If she comes, she comes. If she doesn't, that's not my business. That's an attitude that's out there. We can't we can't we can't pretend it's not true. True. And but it's not my job to tell those men they're wrong. Yeah. 
It's my it's my job to just tell the men that we live in a different world and there are options out there. Mm-hmm. If you won't suck a vagina, somebody will do it willingly. Agreed. And sometimes it's a girl. There are vagina suckers out there like Uber. You just I think there's more than Uber. It's crazy. Agreed. Agreed. But now, if you said that the one that finishes too quickly will be the hardest to deal with, mm-hmm. does that mean that the one who takes too long will be easier to deal with? Yes. Interesting. Because it's a matter of training the stimulus and something of the sort. Exactly. The one who takes long, he has enough time to know what he's going... The one who takes long at least has time to apply to the vagina. He just needs to learn new techniques of giving a better pleasure the right way. Ah, okay. The, the guy who comes too fast, he's never in the game. All right. You get my this point? This is news. Yeah. It's like when you, when you do a trip from Nairobi to Mombasa... Mm-hmm. The chick has not even figured uh, Siokimao and the other guy is in Mariakani. So how are you going to help that guy? It's hard. It's very hard. It's very, very hard. Exactly. It can be a task. Yeah. Uh, next question. Yes. We usually like to talk about compatibility a lot. Whenever people are looking to get into a long-term relationship, people will talk about the physical compatibility. You know, is she fine? Is she thick? You know, how do I like the way she looks? People talk about the emotional compatibility, you know, stuff like matching love languages and so on. And then there's the psychological compatibility of sorts. And one thing that you talk about once or twice, actually, I, I did a bit of research and I realized you actually do talk about it quite a bit, is the sexual compatibility. Because I kind of do talk about the same thing now Mm -hmm. considering all of those compatibilities that are there how high up would you place sexual compatibility in the hierarchy of you know the kind of compatibility you should look for in a mate a long-term one um i struggle with such questions because we're assuming it's going to be long-term based on a certain variable which never works there are couples who thought they were just going to have sex for the weekend and they've been married for 19 years. There are couples who followed the right process, whatever right process is, and they thought they were to, going to be together for 40 years and they didn't make it the fourth month. I just okay. think the one thing that people lack is friendship. Uh-huh. If you go into a relationship with too much hierarchy, then it will fail. If there's too much reminder of I'm the man, you're a woman. And especially if you're traditionalist, yet you live a liberal life, you're trying to mix two things. There's a reason why people in shags will look like they're having, you know, a functional relationship is because there are rules and guidelines that work in shags that are not working in Nairobi. Because in, in Nairobi, they're being superimposed because people have a traditional, you know, variable or existence based on where they've come from. So if you're living a cosmopolitan kind of life, You have to look at, can you sustain a friendship? Not love. Love is a weak emotion that's very erratic, if you ask me. Okay. Friendship is the one thing that I see lacking in relationships. People are always saying, oh, I love you, I love you. But yeah, as you're loving me, we love each other on Tuesday. By Friday, we're not talking. Sunday, we kind of love each other. Monday, there's another quarrel. It's very erratic. So the one thing I can say is, look at a partner that you can actually look at and go like, you know what? I can deal with their bullshit and I can deal with it for a very long time. I see that relationship working much better than saying, I hate their crap, but I I occasionally like their good side. That's not going to work. You've got to deal with the habits that you hate the most and ask yourself, can I, can I live with just seeing some random socks on the floor and not make a fuss about it? And if you can say yes, then it's a sock you're dealing with versus the tidy okay. guy who you dropped the socks guy for but tidy guy is already is also very good at tidying up after himself when he cheats on you 
Interesting. He's also very romantic when he comes home. Yeah, so it's usually a matter of preference and priority rather than having one properly set, like, set of rules, you'd say. Yes, yes, yes. And the thing is, relationships mutate. So if we meet in our 20s and we plan to be together forever, mm-hmm. forever can easily change because when I'm 30 or when I'm 35 and you're 30 or 29, your dreams and aspirations may have changed. Mine are still the same. Okay. Interesting. But if we move away from the hierarchy where I'm not controlling every element of your life, then I'm giving you the opportunity to just be you, which means we have a bond. We have a friendship. I live my life knowing I'll support your dreams and you'll support mine. Agreed. Now that you've mentioned that, I wanted to run something by you. Considering that a marriage is a contract. Okay. And with the way contracts are, the marriage contract is a little bit special in that it's supposedly supposed to be forever. Would you say that having timelines on marriage contracts would actually work as something suitable for the future of our society? Considering that sometimes you're with someone for like two, three years, you think you know them. Then you get married and all of a sudden it's like now they pull out the other cards. Now that's when you realize that there's a darker side to it. Uh, Now you realize that they're probably more annoying than you thought they could be. Would you say that, say, having contract lengths of like 5, 10, 15, 20 years would work better for the current society that we're having right now? You're so right, because there's there's one thing I always say. um, Matrimony has evolved. Okay. Humans are evolving with our technology. So our traditional settings that used to give us a very narrow way of thinking, you know, those walls have been broken. So now we look, we need to look at, can we have those contracts? And can we have contracts that actually work in regards to, can we review what we look like five years from now? I I think there should be a format where people can review Mm -hmm. what their relationships look like after a certain duration, whether it's five years or 10 years. Probably five years is more walkable. Yeah, I've, I've actually met couples who do that uh, for the, their own sanity. After five years, they review their relationship. They review things they didn't like within the five years that happened, petty arguments that they registered that they should not have had and why they had it. Then they realize it was based on some form of insecurity. And they look at another five years where they don't have that insecurity anymore because they just used to overthink a few things. Um, I think there's that. And you, the thing is... Um, any format of relationship is going to be harder now because there's one thing humans have. It's called choice. Yeah. Once upon a time, we did not have it at the abundance. We have it now. Is that because people are more liberal right now? So they're willing to divorce and remarry or? Uh, people are not more liberal. People have always been liberal. People just were afraid of societal unwritten rules. Okay. There are people who, have, who could have easily walked out of relationships, but they couldn't because of societal rules, expectations, things that are engraved, but you can't see where they were engraved. But now people are bolder because people are thinking, you know what, um, this is not working for me. And for the first time, they can actually say, fuck society. All right. So, yeah, just... Kind of divert into the whole choices thing that you had started mentioning. Uh, We have choice. Um, When you look at attractions, they're everywhere. For example, when when, when you hear things like men think about sex all the time, um, I totally disagree. There are times that we're too stressed to think about sex or even have an erection. However, I do agree that sex is everywhere. If you walk in your town or if you go to the grocers or if you go to your upmarket supermarket and you're as you're just there minding your own business with a trolley, you just see an exercise of beauties. 
and asses and nipples and breasts and cute faces and lipsticks and it's everywhere there's something that attracts you the same way if you go to the cookie aisle you see all these different biscuits and sweets and you're like Oh my god, you know, so much choice. And that's what sexual attraction looks like. There's so much of it. It's only men respond to it immediately rather than where a woman could just see a cute guy and go like that guy's cute and then she moves and when within seconds she's forgotten about the cute guy. Uh, a guy will look at a woman and go like, "Wow, I think my next step is can I get her number?" Yeah. Yeah, whereas before social media, before the choice thing, then you were confined to your social circle. Your social circle influenced how you behaved. Today I'm influenced by so many things. Whether you were just going on Instagram to research on some products you saw being advertised and it's sponsored on Instagram, as you're perusing, you see all these beauties and suddenly you forget what took you to Instagram. Okay. You see? That makes so, a lot of sense. So there are many influences that can be bad for your relationship. I know people say that, oh but you know if you're strong, if you're really in love, you'll keep yourself in check. Those are idiots. Agreed. I honestly don't think love it's can impractical. hold a relationship for a long time because I think it does fade over time. Well, like I said before, love is a very weak ingredient. What you need is friendship. If you have more friendship in your relationship than love, then it 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 has a better chance of survival. Perfect. That's actually a very very perfect way to kind of cap it off. Yeah, love can be dismantled by one very good ingredient called lust. Totally agreed. Yes. Totally agreed. Lust gives power to erections. We love them. And so do our erections. Thank you, you so go. much for being <laughs> So thank you so much for 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 gracing the podcast for for gracing us with your knowledge and your presence and you know just hopping on and being free with everything. One last thank question. Yes. Before I kind of just end things off, how can people reach you cuz you have a wealth of knowledge and I believe that more people should listen to you more people should engage with you. Well, you can follow me on um Instagram which is just uh, search for Maurice Mateka. Uh Facebook, you can go to my blog which is my site uh, mauricetherapy.com. If you just go on Google and just do Maurice Mateka or Maurice sexologist, you'll find me and I'm a very approachable. Um if you do DM me please uh, remember to introduce yourself hi my name is what i do not like is uh, hey hi what's up can you do this for me can you do that for me i'm thinking yeah can can i first get to know your name first once i know your name then uh, we can move from there great 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 does whatsapp apply yes whatsapp is good whatsapp no no whatsapp is good if you whatsapp me i will respond at some point i will not ignore yeah but make sure you start with Just, your name first yes introduce yourself i love when you introduce yourself perfect perfect i will be sure to add your whatsapp number on the list of things in the description thank, thank you, you so much, much for not again and thank you so much for you the listener for actually just sitting through the whole thing considering that this is now going to be a two parter thank you so much for for listening all the way till the end and if you are listening on castbox feel free to drop your thoughts and comments below if you have any thoughts comments or feedback you can send them to the breaktime on westside page on ig it is at breaktime on westside on facebook it is also at breaktime on westside and on Twitter you can slide into my personal DMs which is at bagaka the d thank you so much for listening and i will catch you guys on the next break take care <laughs>